Could you please stop being such a buzzkill? Welcome back to Buzzkill. Welcome back. What's really good? What's really good? Uh, special, t- special, special guests. No. Today we don't have special guests. Today we have friends of the pod. So different. That's a special designation. Uh, we have friends of the pod, uh, Carl and Jenna. I will uh, allow them to do their own introductions for everyone because we already kind of know Carl and Jenna. But uh, the floor is yours. How are you guys doing, by the way? <laughs> bad, Good to doing see well. you. Good doing to well. see everybody. Yeah, the heat finally broke today. It was about I don't know a thousand degrees yesterday. Oh so yes. We're cool enough, but uh, I am Jenna. I'm a screenwriter and a comic book writer, and uh, I live with this one over here. She's the lucky one. I'm the lucky one. Uh, I'm Carl, <laughs> mischief maker, comic book illustrator, creator, writer, man of many hats. Raconteur. Cool. I'll take that. Gentleman scholar. <laughs> <laughs> My <Bullshit>. favorite. <laughs> Can you guys tweak your level up just a tiny bit or no? We can also get closer. Yeah, that might be it. <laughs> that might be a little bit. So I brought Carl and Jenna on. Uh, I reached out to them uh, to do Buzzkill because, you know, one, uh, me and Jason. Correction, both, we both reached out to them. Right, right. Me and Jason. because they're and, awesome. Right. Me and Jason both uh, like Carl and Jenna. Uh, they're good peoples. Uh, but I felt it was appropriate because um, one of the main, I don't know if you guys have been listening to Buzzkill at all, uh, a big aspect of our podcast is, you know, we're always promoting this idea of artists sort of not waiting, right? Not waiting for permission, you know what I'm saying? Having that sort of like, you know, do-it-yourself sort of uh, spirit um, because f- it's far too easy to get uh, stuck in this trap of like constantly trying to, you know, sell yourself, right? Sell your ideas, you know, sell yourself as a, as a writer or an artist of, of any kind um, to other people, uh, to get people to give you the okay, to get people to give you the money, right? And I feel yeah. like you guys are a great uh, representation of people who, who saw the validity in uh, actually doing it yourself and saying, no, like, we're invested in doing this, and you both set about to do it. Um, and I commend you for that, by the way, if I haven't told you. Um, and the shit is dope. Right. It's not like they just made something. They make fucking cool shit. And it's interesting because, I mean, I I met, I don't don't even remember how I knew Jenna. Man, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. Um, But I, then Carl, I met Carl through Jenna, you know, um, and I obviously Jenna screenwriting circles is where we cross paths. Mm -hmm. And then of course, Carl comes from the whole, you know, uh, comic book world where you know he's an artist and a writer himself um and you guys kind of like teamed up you know and became sort of uh i told you this when i met you guys in person like you're like the the new matt fraction and kelly sued the kind of <laughs> type type of type of shit you know what i mean um and you guys have a comic out uh well you have several but the one i figured talking about uh, to sort of like, again, our conversation will go all over the place. And I'm pretty sure you, as you know, uh, but it's called uh, The Cult of Icarus. Um, and I'll allow you guys to explain to the listeners what The Cult of Icarus is and is about. Sure. Yeah, it's a, a four issue miniseries and it follows a foster kid, a teenager who this kind of troublemaker gets kicked out of her last foster home and decides to try to find out who her real parents are instead of getting bounced around the system and discovers that there is a pair like a paranormal underworld running parallel to our own full of you know wizards and witches and vampires most importantly and she finds out that um she is something more than human and possibly a harbinger of the apocalypse so my type, my cup of tea. My cup of, what teenager my, hasn't felt like that at one point or another? You know, or, or my my goblet of blood, my cup of tea. <laughs> uh, I wanted to go ahead and, and like because of the whole vampire element, and I know you got. I figured like, hey, that would be a, a, a great jumping off point because I feel like um, vampirism is a great sort of uh, milieu, but it's also a great you know context to frame the world we live in. 
um when we live in this hyper uh you know capitalist oh take a shot buzz kill drinkers hyper capitalism you know which i'm one which we live under right uh uh i feel like vampirism is a perfect sort of uh allegory right like mm-hmm. you know it's like hollywood is full of blood suckers um yeah. i feel like that's just part of the business and like it's just ironic like these type of stories uh they work that way so I knew that you guys, and again, we'll talk about all different types of vampire films. But one of the things I like to do with this podcast is talk about the, the movies and stuff and films and books and whatever that don't tend to be talked about. Because I feel like there's about nine million other podcasts that can talk about things like, you know, Near Dark and, you know, fucking uh, Interview with a Vampire, uh, The Lost Marvel Phase 5 Blade. Uh, more Morbius. I'm just playing, not Morbius. Yeah, Morbius. Um, um, uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like there's there's the there's the big ones. But uh, I know that you and Jenna, uh, one of the movies we'll be talking about um, is Bliss. Uh, uh, it's the joke. I know you and Jenna have expressed. I've seen you guys express that you guys enjoyed this film. Um, so I was like, you know, that's a, it's a modern one. Um, it, 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 it's, it's a good one to talk about because I feel like, yeah, maybe some people have talked about it, but you know, since I knew you guys were interested and you guys have saw this, I figured that would be one. And then the other one was uh, this little, I guess not, I guess it was panned when it came out. Um, but this movie from the 70s from uh, Boonwell's son um, called uh, Leonore, um, which uh, is a very different movie, um, a very slow paced movie. Uh, but I felt <laughs> like these are two good examples for us to sort of like uh, talk about um, and just go where the conversation takes us off of this whole entire theme of vampires so with that said jason which one of these movies did you watch <laughs> i watched bliss but before we go there we've learned that you got to get your plugs in early because our chainsaw will come at the hour mark so true. please tell everyone your plugs because they've got to see especially this art of carl's like you're not going to get out of here without me sucking your figurative art dick for a minute. You were on our other podcast. I threw out McFarlane's and this and that and had you quite flattered. But seriously, people check his shit out. Like, are you known? Like, if I say Carl Slominski or whatever, people are going to know. Like, oh, yeah, I know that dude. Are you a known commodity, would you say, or no? If I am, I'm unaware of it. I oddly Right. Know. How? That's what I wonder. How? That's what I want to know. This shit is uh, so... Well, you know like much like in film there's a lot of talentless hacks that talk more than actually do like yeah, man. or twitter like done a bunch of covers oh my god i tweeted at so-and-so and they retweeted me and now i have a career drawing from marvel <laughs> it's like yeah but your book looks like stank ass i'm just surprised purveyors of comic books haven't seen your shit somewhere and been like we need this dude like, you know me, I've been trying to scrape together money to get something to work together on you with. And we had this TV show that the producers wanted to try and turn into a graphic novel for a minute. You know, I have that, that, I mean, that back and forth about that, too. You know, that's been know. Speaking of vampirism, I mean, the film <laughs> effect of uh, everything that is a comic book is now a viable property for film. And if it's not right. a comic book first, hey, how about you retroactively make it? Which is ridiculous, but I would say this property would work pretty well as one. Like it's kind of a comic book in spirit, anyway. But uh, yeah, but there's so many things that you don't need. Like, do you need to make like an easy A type movie, a comic book to get? It made? <laughs> no, oh, no, yeah. And there's such a stupid thought that like, man, you forgot the part where like it's got to be a good comic. Like, if it's a crap property to begin with, it's not going to make a better. What's funny? Any- it's funny about that is something that when we had Leslie Lee uh, on the podcast. For struggle session he, he mentioned like that like it's a problem for him uh to watch some of these comic book movies that uh that he knows are written better uh when they were made like he was like some some kid that was like 18 years old who was writing this for nothing is writing a better comic book movie right. than this giant multi-million dollar free, you know like version of that the version of the story that this guy wrote back when he was a mm. kid like he's like I, I find I have a problem with that, and I was we were me and Jason were kind of like talking about what we you know the sort of intricacies of uh, you know screenwriting and how how basically yeah uh, they just it's just by by it's not a it's a it's a feature not a bug that shit is so so bland and fucking generic you know what I mean and like all of the sort of like uh, all of the the 
the edge and the sort of uh, character, uh, both literally and in a figurative sense, gets sucked out of, yeah, of any of this shit when it goes to that pipeline. It's just, it's hard. It, it's amazing if anything ever, you know, comes out of it retaining any of that. And usually that's because the filmmaker has clout and can say, hey, leave me alone. Um, but most most people don't have enough clout to make that, uh, you know, unless you're a big name, you know what I mean? Like stories were done on a small enough budget, a small enough budget. Right. Like but then again, that's, or something, right. Yeah. Right. And then it's like bought, you know, and then you sell it you, through that pipeline. You know what I mean? Um, but even then, you're, you're probably subject to being, you know, edited, you know, like, so it's right. like they could fuck the movie up in the edit, you know, so there, it's a whole entire process. But I feel like once once the big two. Um, being Marvel and uh, DC, once they become became part of the studios, when you know the Disney acquisition of Marvel and the, the Warner Brothers acquisition of DC, I just feel like that was when the ship the ship sailed on specifically those two uh, big, you know, names in comics, the big names um, that the ship sailed on them being sort of like destinations for people to find that kind of uniqueness. You know what I mean? Like, yep. I just don't yeah. think. You have to look elsewhere. You have to go to create your own stuff. Um, now, back that, back to Bliss, since Jason missed <laughs> mentioned it. Uh, you watch Bliss, right? Uh, what were, I watched what, Bliss. I was entertained. Entertaining, <laughs> right, sure. right, right. Was um, I love <laughs> Habit is one of my all-time favorite movies. For me, you can't talk about low-down indie vampire movies without talking about you know, yeah. Habit, yeah. Larry Fessenden, fucking auteur fest. Love that movie. I almost almost made us watch Habit, but then I was like, "Yeah, I was like, that's eh. in my queue. It's on Shutter, right?" I don't I know. Believe, I have I think, the DVD somewhere. Yeah, I believe it is. I believe it yeah, is. Watch yeah, it. yeah, check yeah. it out. It's old school. Habit 90s, is Habit indie. is is dope. Habit is one, it's probably my like I said. I think, I think me and Jason kind of yeah. both think it's like our favorite probably vampire movie. Maybe. Habit's, yeah, that's it's got it's, it's up there. It's up there. It's up, it's up there. Uh, well, Carl and Jenna, uh, I know you guys have <laughs> professed your uh, affinity. Uh, for bliss, so uh, undying love. We tried it out. We popped it out. <laughs> Just sat there, slack jawed for like ninety minutes, being like, "Okay, I get it. This is a great metaphor for trying to make shit and put it on the page." Oh yeah. You can't get it out, and like you're going nuts. And maybe you turn into a vampire at the same time. Anybody I've tried to recommend it to, I'm just like, you want the best allegory for the artist's struggle, and also, <laughs> it's sleazy as fuck. <laughs> like yeah. This, this rhyme that bliss has that very few movies have that make it so authentic and it feels like my favorite portrait of la like that underground art scene when it comes down it's like it's also the only time i've actually seen like the bad industrial music scene yes. the film. like i've had nights where the camera's spinning around like that leaving a show and that was so authentic and i just like man this is i want more like this but also i think it's so special that there isn't more like this mm -hmm. I also what? really like there was a, a lead character, especially in a woman who's an asshole. Yeah, <laughs> she's a piece yeah, of shit. She's, yeah, she's great. Like, she's awful, and it's great. <laughs> she's like, what's wrong with uh, obsessed artist? You know, mm -hmm. she had a little oh, Jackson yeah. Pollock in her. She's so up her own ass, and it's great. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I told Jason when we were about to do the podcast, he was like, "Well, which one do you think I should watch?" Because um, he was going to go with the uh, Leonora, uh, but. Well, oh, Leonora, the log line of it, wasn't it some shit like some Le night? The log line is very deceiving. It's a very deceiving yeah. log line. But also, it's not Boonwell, it's his son, you know, which, right. is, which is, I had to make sure I told y'all both that because it's like, right. it's not Boonwell, it's his son. So, you know. Right. Um, like, for all I know, Colonel Sanders' son makes amazing chicken, but who knows, <laughs> you know. Uh, and I, Jason, I was like, I was like, well, Bliss is more fun. Like, you know, I let him know, like, it's, it's more fun. Um, I mean, after watching Bliss... It's more fun than 95% of movies, so. Yeah, it, it's a fun movie. Um, now, let me be a little buzzkill about this movie a little bit. About okay. Bliss? Yeah, let me be a little buzzkill. Okay. First of all, shout out to Joe Beagles. I met him one day at uh, the Jump Cut Cafe, uh, and we were, I, 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 I walked up to him, and I said, hey, aren't you the guy who did, uh, what's his first fucking movie, uh, Almost Human? And he was like, yeah, man. I was like, yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. I like that. He was like, oh, thanks a lot, dude. It was like, I'm working on this uh this uh, new movie now it's like scanners meets the terminator and i'm like that ended up being the mind's eye right and i was like, oh that's cool because i was working on a script that was like scanners on an oil rig uh and i used to see him just around at like target and burbank and shit when i lived out there again i salute him because he's one of those filmmakers who is just making movies 
You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like he's For scraping. Sure. He's writing the shit. He's scraping together the money. You know, he's doing it with his. Do you have any idea what the budget for Bliss was? Um, I don't, but I know it's the only film that they've he's ever shot on film. It's shot on 16 millimeter, um, yeah. which is another reason that has that look, which I love yeah. the look of the movie. Like all of his other movies have been on like digital. Um, and this is the one where he wanted to shoot on film. And so they I remember uh, a discussion about this movie and how like they really was like, we, we want to make this on film. And like people were telling them not to do it. And they were like, no, fuck that. We're going to do it. Like, uh, I'm not quite sure what the budget is, but I know it's fairly low. Uh, it's not a very high budget movie. I think most mm-hmm. of the most of the money went on, obviously, film stock and uh, probably practical Processing. effects, yeah. practical effects as well, because the practical effects are pretty gnarly in this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, but that being said, um, I enjoyed this movie. I don't feel I don't see I don't think you can watch this movie and not like derive some sense of entertainment out of it. Oh, yeah, some of the, just the energy it has and, and i feel know. like it does capture a lot of like like what carl and jen were kind of speaking to is it does have that grittiness to that sort of that sort of seedy side of la you know la's got a lot of seedy sides to it that don't really get uh captured much on move and on film specifically or on tv really uh but bliss does capture some of that um one of the things i thought was funny though um it's like when you listen to the dialogue, it's like that's part of the element that makes it feel really like kind of like trashy. Uh, and I appreciate it, but it is like yeah, she's every, basically Troy Duffy. But everyone is Troy Duffy. Like right. the whole everybody's like, fuck, shit, fuck, bro, fuck, fuck, what the fuck, 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 fuck you, fuck it. You know what I mean? And it's like, yo, listen, I say fuck all the time. I feel like Dude, I mean, it is the most versatile word in the English <laughs> language. It can be a noun, a verb, an adjective, you know, it can be all things. It is fuck, it's any and all things. Um, but like, I think it's kind of fun. It gets, there's moments where I'm watching the movie, especially rewatching it where I'm just like, <laughs> it just made it like, I laugh. Like, you know, it's just like, part of it's the delivery. Like yeah, the delivery Jeff Bridges yeah. does it. Yeah. He doesn't really register cause he's fucking amazing. Or if if you watch Deadwood, I guess you give it a pass. Right. right. You know what I mean? But, but you know, in this movie is, it is kind of comes off at times. It's kind of funny. Also, I will criticize why I relate to it from just a creative perspective and that like the struggle for motherfuckers to make shit. Right. Like, I feel like we all probably identified with that. Right. Uh, but that painting, I'm like iffy on that painting. <laughs> well, that's hard. That's when you like you got to kill a lot of people to make that painting. Like you probably <laughs> shouldn't be <nervous>. just saying <laughs> you paint yourself into a corner when you have something on the page. It's like a masterpiece. And yeah. Like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah, I got to yeah. show a masterpiece on screen now. I looks like pull that off. an album that cover it's like a Clive uh, Clive Barker concept yeah. artist. Now the beauty is though she called it my masterpiece. And then when the guy said it he's like go finish your masterpiece. Yeah. So it's like I like the idea she's not that fucking good. That's why her agent's dropping her and it's not going well with the fucking gallery scene so her masterpiece sucks. Well, it's track. It tracks because what do I say all the time, Jason? I say all the time that like uh, most people who like have agents and who sell a lot of shit, they're not good. So being good isn't indicative of like your success, like especially in art. Weirdly, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like though there are people out there who are legitimate, you know, talents, and I feel like at the end of the day, those those people's their work stands the test of time. Um, but there are a lot of like people who are just marketed. You know what I mean? Like they're yeah. just all marketing because it's a business, right? It's a business. At the end of the day, I mean, we talk about how you know people always come back with the argument of art is subjective. Like anything that I like can be good to me, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, art is subjective, but also art is objective, motherfucker. Like mm-hmm. you have to be technically, you have to know the rules to break the rules, mm-hmm. right? Right. These people come out here and don't know anatomy, and they don't know fucking narrative storytelling i mean yeah if you're talking about comics the best thing is reading reviews for a comic book and you can tell the person's been reading for like a year like you don't know what sequential storytelling is you don't know pacing just because you, you made it neon doesn't mean it's good <laughs> bad <laughs> comics out there and like most of them are actually coming from big companies and it's all kids that like didn't go to art school I'm not saying you have to but you do need your fundamentals Think about these big comic companies, though. Aren't they basically the movie studios now? I mean, what yeah. do we expect from them? We grew up oh, with them when they were still kind of. Yeah, no yeah. money goes on the comic side because yeah. those are just, you know, pamphlets for the movies. Right. But and they're stupid that, because they wouldn't have the movies without that. And, and that's your proof of concept. You know, not like people go see Doctor Strange and then go buy the comic. They don't. Right. No one gives a shit about reading Doctor Strange comics. I don't give a shit about seeing Doctor Strange. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to watch it. Preach. Uh, 
Yeah. I'll watch it eventually with my kid, but if I didn't have a kid, I don't give a fuck. So I was going to ask that actually. Have you guys just checked out of the MCU at this point? Oh, I have. You know what's great about me is I fucking hate comic book movies. Right. Yeah. And everyone wants to start talking to you like, oh, you do comics, so you have an opinion about X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, yeah, I do. Uh, they shouldn't be made anymore. Don't, <laughs> yeah. even, like, don't take 10 years off. Don't take 20 years off. Just don't fucking make them anymore. Right. Yeah. Like, you You're can, like that with like Star Wars. Oh, like, everything's anything, been watered down. In my opinion, Star Wars ended in 1986. <laughs> I've seen them. I, I suspect myself at the end of the day, I'm still hopeful. Like I'm a self-loathing nerd. I like this shit, but it's not going to be the same thing. And the more you're making it, it's like that bit in multiplicity, a copy of a copy of a copy. And eventually yes. you get more stupid Michael Keaton. Right. And now we actually argue. Multiplicity. <laughs> I actually have a multiplicity joke in one of my scripts. I fucking love multiplicity. I do too, man. I do too. Yeah, these Marvel I, do movies. I relate to that more than any other movie, maybe. Just wishing there were 10 me's to do all this shit so I can just focus. <laughs> yeah, those Marvel movies are, are, are really bad. Like, they're like the 45th Michael Keaton. Like, basically, I was just thinking just about this. I think, I think they're <laughs> destined to fail for people like us, especially, though, who, you know, yeah. give a shit. Like, yeah. I, I'll put shitty food in my body, but I don't like putting shitty art in my body. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you need to reassess. I have that. higher standards when it comes to certain things. Now, first of all, hold up, Jason. That's a little bit cap. I see the food post that you have, and you'd be posting some good looking shit that's like healthy. I figure you can't be fat and not know how to cook. So that was facts, but it's healthy though. Like, you gotta, some of us yeah, yeah. healthy. So, like, you're yeah. not completely bad. You know, you gotta, like, come on, man. I, I have a history better. of you know, athletic knee issues that help yeah, my blow up. But, yeah. Where the fuck was I even going with this? Oh, well, I think they're kind of doomed to a degree for people like us who, A, grew up on the comics and knew the good stories. And we knew, like, okay, yep. even when shit was mainstream, Chris Claremont fucking X-Men shit was cool as fuck. Uh, the death of Craven the Hunter is fucking awesome. Like, there's some dope shit that was done in those comics that you'll never see done in these movie franchises, for one thing. But secondly, the movies that were made back then those days were laughable because oh, yeah. practical effects were trash. They just went, I mean, that Captain America movie, fucking hilarious, you know. <laughs> Dolph Lundgren, Punisher, even, which wouldn't even require a real budget. Which I'm gonna say, I like that Dolph. I know, I know, it has its You're merits. You're yourself like a throwback revenge movie in that. <laughs> Dolph that Lundgren is. in the sewer and shit. Yeah, Why was the innocent <laughs> die where the guilty live? The voiceover. That Netflix one, and it's all like soldier PTSD and whatever. And it's like, yeah, yeah but I just want the skull and the guns. I, mean, yeah, yeah. I liked it for I John Bernthal is fucking amazing casting. Yeah, and casting you know what? Too. That's what the MCU has done right the whole time is casting. Without Robert mm -hmm. Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth, who the fuck else is going to play Thor? Give me a break. Yeah. But what I was really getting at is I think they didn't have the effects to pull it off back then, but now they have CGI, but that's what's wrong with movies today is CGI and how they just throw it at everything and it's fucking this uncanny valley and it's just annoying and fake and it's like they they lose the limitations, so they aren't artful. You know what I'm saying? They're also they just throw money at every problem and CGI it, and so you're never gonna get good Marvel movies. You know what I mean? They're also soap operas. Like I don't think people really. Like, I mean, the comics are too kind of. Yeah, but to yeah. a degree, like for example, like I don't know if I mentioned this already to you, Jason, but like I I put on like I took my son to see. Uh, the spider-man the last spider-man no way home yeah I took him to see it at the theater he enjoyed it you know he's eight whatever but like uh i put it on for him to watch when he has him and his friend were watching and i was just like and i was walking around and i was just listening to to it and if the dialogue is terrible <laughs> objectively god awful it is like dog shit it's like when you hear someone like singing a music and they have like every note is bad, every note is been. You could see where they thought they were funny, like you know the Scooby Doo some shit, you know like almost Scooby Doo Doctor Strange almost Scooby Doo some shit. Like the writers thought that was just, and it's just, like, it's just awful. And then it's like because it's, it's really, written for nine year olds. Yeah, it's true, but it's also written for forty five year olds. Spy kids. You know? <laughs> but let's, that's that's the thing that we got to talk about. These movies aren't for kids though. They're for for a grown adults. Well, that's what happens when you try and <laughs> right. hit four quadrants and appeal to everybody. You end up yeah. appealing to you know nobody with a fucking brain. But and, and these movies are constructed with normie math. 
like that yeah. that's that's my new thing it's like it's normie math that's the way that's the plot structure so it's like you're only going to get like the most broad sort of like you know in this scene it's got to be funny so we're going to put you know like mm-hmm. fucking thor and fucking loki in the same scene and then they're going to fucking have a little bro off and it's like you know just like real cheesy goofy shit and it's like you could feel the note like with every scene you can feel the note like you know what i mean like you can feel like the execs read that and was like well you know we got in this scene we got to have uh uh we got a a product placement or some whatever just goofy shit and it's like that's the whole movie and it's like i can't derive much i'm too cynical at this point yeah see we all know how the sausage is made though right i'm just the people who don't it's just a confection and they like it so i get the just let people like things shit but it just ain't for us you know at this point we've moved way beyond it my sister has multiple times been like can you just let me enjoy this please don't you know <laughs> what's going wrong <laughs> you know? oh my god yeah watching movies with us is unbearable so like we don't recommend it to any of us. right it's like it's a you it have to protest it at least oh you know god. what i mean it's like i'm not trying to change your mind and say you can't like it i'm just it's like remember that scene in a few good men where demi moore it's like i strenuously object and fucking Kevin Pollock's like, oh, strenuously, you know, it gives a shit. That's kind of what you're doing when it's like, I just want to make extremely clear the point that I think this is trash. You know what I mean? <laughs> you can like it, but I, uh, I did that with Ghostbusters Afterlife because I thought it was one of the worst movies of the last 10 years. And I was like, yeah, you have to see this. He rented it so I could watch it, so he could watch me watch it. And then it was like, listen, here's what we're going to do. We're going to watch this. And I want to watch your face react at one specific moment. And I said, and then when we go visit my family, I want to see what they thought about it. Yeah. And sure enough, all the shit that I was like, fuck this. So the moment that they get to, I don't know if you guys saw it, but the that's all it is. Heart, oh, it's booty. We have eight year olds. Uh, yeah. I was like, okay, so this is where this movie makes a huge turn into just huge fan service whatever and then yeah. it's the exact same plot as the first and then we went to his families and they were like we love we love the what was it isn't the, that crazy uh, how they recycle the plot animated harold ramus wonderful no I fell out of my chair <laughs> yes the, i thought I, you guys are such true buzzkills you yeah, are it's home. really really you're home perfect for this for this podcast because i thought the ghostbusters was a cinematic ab- abortion to be on topic <laughs> with roe v wade being overturned uh <laughs> like i thought it was dog shit like um you're like you're right the fan service it was, it was just so like jason said the recycling of the plot it's like oh just star wars shit same thing like, like did they have to do the whole like uh i am fucking the uh what's the the, the with the, the woman with the zool oh, and shit did they have to do all right. that shit again like why like couldn't they that make bad that? guy wasn't awesome it's like shredders in every fucking ninja turtles cartoon you we have some more bad guys really liked this movie if it wasn't ghostbusters if some kids go to a farm and they right lair and it's just like ghosts and shit that would have been awesome and we have stranger things instead for that kind we of got shit. stranger things instead. speaking of which <laughs> now i haven't watched i've got 30 minutes in. i still haven't went back to it i was it was pretty bad but um uh, i'm gonna finish it though i'm just gonna i, I appreciate I, that you hate everything being made right now <laughs> I, I do it's fucking awful. i mean rightfully so though so it's just garbage and manipulative as fuck like, wait what were you gonna say about it uh just you know gosh man there's always been this. I was telling this to Jason because Jason has held off on watching it at all because he no, got. Have I you have it? I watched the first season. Okay. And then a couple episodes of season two. Okay, you okay. stopped. You said your wife saw it's, season three, right? And you didn't. Right? I think so. I think okay. she did, but I, that's where you turned off. Yeah. Well, it's always been nostalgia porn, like it always has been, yeah. right? Um, so I expect that, but like, uh. It was just like so hokey, you know, like um, this, the kids like I get it. They're all older now. Um, but then the way the first episode starts and they're introducing the kids and like just. I just it was, you know, like the dialogue was so bad, like um, <laughs> all the dialogue is a thing, man. <laughs> yeah, I the dialogue. There's like, again, I'm not I'm going to finish. I just can't come back to it at this moment. I'm going to finish it like uh but yeah man whoa that first episode that first half i was really like can we just see a demogorgon or something because like it goes pretty dark (laughs) and like i think Mm. that in the end we ended up liking it better than season three but it goes Mm. i mean dark 
dark. Yeah. Okay, that's in a, good. In a great way. I'm like, fine, you know, supernaturally murder all the people you want. It's great, but. Especially kids. You love it when kids get killed and things. Fuck them kids. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fuck them kids. Uh, I agree. You, you a real a strong note of the shit that I hate, though, is, and that's the infantilization. Yeah. Just like everything is coddling the audience and the fans and like connecting dots that don't need to be connected. Just stop. Just stop, please. And dialogue, like you said, Ryan, dialogue for me is basically, I'm a dialogue guy. It's make or break for me. Yeah. For yeah, most it's, movies. It's, it's hard. It's hard. Like the Duffer most, Bros yeah. need to not like write dialogue ever, dog. Like <laughs> just stop. Like just stop. Like just have someone else come in and do it. Like, or just do that Larry David thing. Just have the point and let the actors just get to it or something. Or just be, I just, whatever happened to brevity? You know what I'm saying? Like brevity is the soul of wit as you know, like that, like just, if you ain't, if you're not like fucking like, first of all, Aaron Sorkin sucks, but, but uh, uh, if you're not somebody who's like, that's your forte, like, just like, then make it less. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just say less shit. Like yeah. right. get your point across faster and less. Especially in cinema. Right. People won't notice it. It won't stick out like a sore thumb, but instead it's like very melodramatic and just like, you know, they're over explaining things like, you know, they're saying subtext out loud. Uh, they're just doing all the, yeah. the all the shit that makes it just hokey. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so I'm just glad to hear that it goes darker. Um, I definitely, like I said, I'm just waiting for Demogorgons to pop up. I feel like when they do that, then I'll be okay. Just, you know. I'm see. just going to warn you, you're going to be waiting for a while. Oh, fuck. Dude, you know, <laughs> my brother and I, we grew up as kids. He was huge in the Dungeons and Dragons and shit. And he run me through little fucking adventures when i was like eight years old or seven or eight and then he kept playing pretty hardcore i would jump in once in a while or whatever and we did a couple epic campaigns and shit when we were younger and then didn't fuck with it for years and years until the pandemic and i told my brother i was like we should start a zoom game with my eight-year-old like i started so then we don't feel like these fucking loser geeks playing D D. <laughs> a which isn't a stigma anymore, but we live with it. <laughs> We're old fucking fossils. Damn. So we start playing this game with him and it's fucking amazing, dude. And it's so much better than anything I watched that I almost don't give a shit about watching any of these make ups where everybody painted themselves into fucking narrative corners and shit. And you know what I mean? Everyone's just wanted to be in Hollywood making a movie or a show. And ooh, I got staffed, but who the fuck are you? What's who are you? are a storyteller on this thing now? Like, I don't know. Just making this shit up with this kid as we go. And my kid is fucking raw. He comes up with some crazy murder shit. But uh, I wonder where he gets that from. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> me and my brother together. Fucking... <laughs> but I'm just saying. And so even some of this shit that is the nostalgia porn of a Stranger Things, that's like scratching that itch. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. I, I just find myself really not watching that much shit anymore. Well, maybe you'll appreciate Stranger Things because the very one of the, the things is in the very beginning. Like I haven't finished it, but like they're they're gonna do their la their final D and D. Uh, it was like right, like what is it? Is what they were mad because the what's the one kid that uh the black kid? I forget his fucking name. Lucas. Uh, Lucas. My son knows all the Stranger fucking Things. Racist. My, uh, listen, my son knows all the Stranger Things na kids' names. Like he even told me I was talking about how bad it was, and my and my son looked at me and said, "Dad, don't spoil it for me." Like he loves it. Like he I mean, it's dark as shit, but whatever. Like I let my son watch Chucky or whatever. So whatever. But uh call CPS. Uh but but you know I will <laughs> that that I was part of the narrative of I mean obviously the kids they played D D, but like that was it's just funny. I don't think they were even playing one. Do they play in season one? I don't know. I don't remember they, that it shit. Starts but, off that yeah. Way. I think they yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. That was the whole reason they were hanging. That's right. right. Like part of the whole satanic panic of it all in the eighties. Yeah. Did you guys ever read that book? Say you love Satan. Have you no. ever heard of this book? It's like a I classic eighties. You got that book, dude? I yeah. fucking love that book. It's so raw. I got uh, that, and uh, I stole from a church. Uh, <laughs> my health teacher in high school wrote a book called PG: A Parental Guide to Rock, and nice. he was like a like, minister, and it's literally like breaking down all pop and rock music of the 80s and how it's actually like trying to convince your children to worship satan or fornicate dude i want to read that so bad <laughs> <laughs> i had him sign it it's my prize possession well, he thought i was it. like one with the lord and all that i'm like right. you, you. i just want your hot take on wasp i love when that happens i have this 
t-shirt I got on richarddawkins.com or some shit that says like religion together we can find a cure and once <laughs> I was in like Walgreens and this lady stopped me and said oh my god your shirt I have to say I agree religion's the cure for everything religion's what we need now more than ever and I was I didn't even have the heart to say shit I was like Robin Williams letting his wife fart and fucking goodwill hunting like all right you just I couldn't even burst her bubble yeah you just gotta let that rock <laughs> you just gotta let that go like okay lady that's okay yeah you know it's no getting through uh here. so i will say carl and jenna did you watch leonora so I, it on. <laughs> I told you i warned you i warned you no, here's what happened. I popped it on and then I got an email about notes I had to do ASAP. So I was fixing the shit while I was watching the thing. Here's the thing. It looks very pretty. <laughs> I liked the way it looked. And I really enjoyed the the scene where the dudes, they're all eating and he goes, I don't even let my wife eat dinner with me at the yeah, same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like old school uh, patriarchy. Yeah. I, sure, I might have to watch it now. <laughs> old school and, patriarchy. For real, for real. I, like, what are you even I doing looked, here? I looked up from the script because I heard all these sheeps. And I was like, what's going on? And they're just like having sex in the barn and there's like sheeps running around. Yeah. And I was like, I'm paying hard, like, harder attention to this Listen, movie. This movie <laughs> takes its time, but it's it's not yeah. boring, but it just takes its time. Oh. Like, I yeah. feel like 58 minutes is, is the key. Like at 58 minutes, it like everything sort of like coalesces into like everything is like, now you're like, oh shit. Um, it's interesting though, because it is a vampire movie, but it, it's not like, you know what I mean? Like uh, in terms of like, it's not like this, the, the woman who is the vampire, so to speak, mm -hmm. uh, the, the title character, she can walk in the daytime like she doesn't have yeah. any, like you know what i mean and she doesn't More like persona right psychic she doesn't vampire she doesn't yeah, yeah she doesn't suck blood but she does you know live almond right she she's re, she she needs to eat uh basically kill children like and i don't know if she's all right i'm really, definitely watching it, it doesn't get into like the specifics of how how that like uh like satiates her in any sort of way um but she does and it's also she her appearance is also uh parallel to the black death arriving um in that area so i mean like there's a lot of interesting shit um in this in the, in the movie um yeah I, I i i walked away from it thinking like yo I, i'm glad i watched it like you know what i mean um but it's a very slower paced movie and 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 i feel like uh yeah like just know that if anybody's gonna seek this movie out just understand like it's not like their stuff does happen though it's not like people staring um you know at a wall you know um and, sometimes and, i like movies like that even la Cienega yeah. and shit you know people <laughs> just moping around that can right. be good so it's not it's, there, there's there's not a lot of like contemplative moments i mean like it's not it's not slow in that respect but it is mm -hmm. yeah it does take its time to let the characters sort of live in the world and sort of like let you know what they're and also the guy the richard i believe is his name um the main character he's a piece of shit um um he's you know his wife to sum it up uh his wife uh lenora uh he he comes back home um and i don't know if he was off you get the sense that he was maybe like off fighting maybe in the crusades or something <laughs> uh uh but he comes back home to find his wife is sick and apparently a horse she fell off her horse and the horse fell on top of her um so her internal organs are like, you know, her rib cage is destroyed. And so she di she dies, basically. And this woman is the love of his life. Right. Um, he's so distraught that um, when they go to barrier um, this, at the same time as he's like putting her in a crypt and and bricking it up, he goes into town and finds a pretty young woman of uh, and, and basically goes to her father and says, um, um, she's I'm, I'm going to marry your wife. Like, I'm, I'm going to marry your wife. I'm going to marry your daughter. You know what I mean? And he's like, what, you know, and he's like, what are you talking about? There's got to be time for the wedding. And like, I got a plan. And, you know, and, you know, he, he's like, no, she, you just be by my, you better be at my castle before nightfall. Um, and they basically, instead of grieving, you know, for the loss of his, actually his, the woman he loved, he immediately goes to sort of, uh, you know, fill, fill the void with this woman that he actually truly never loves. Um, and you and, and as the movie plays itself out, you really get uh, you really get the full picture of how how much he's never gotten over this woman because he never forgets her. 
and like time progresses it just jumps they have two sons you know he has two sons with this woman this woman and she for all purposes this this young woman is like faith she loves him like for some reason did she's he like, ever have kids with the first wife yeah no no they had no children well, right? that's why um, she's coming back and killing kids yeah, yeah. And, and well well here's the thing though like uh so he's with this 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 woman this younger woman that he married and like she like she gives absolutely no reason for him to not love her like it's really crazy like she's like everything that you can think of in terms of like um being a sort of submissive uh wife to him like the way they would like in that era like you know sounds like the phantom thread is a vampire movie medieval vampire movie or some shit in, in, in reverse a little bit kind of like you know what i'm saying as a far yeah but but she's doing she's not like doing anything in, in, in phantom thread we 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 the one of the big twists is like that she's like poisoning him and shit well you know what eventually I mean? right 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 eventually. most of the movie he's just being a patriarch he's just being a piece of shit right right yeah. so in, in that regard he's much like yes he's much like uh daniel day lewis where like you know she's bore his children um she's she's true to him she listens to him you know, she actually loves him and like he can't get over this woman. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like he's so one day he comes across, uh, he's going to visit her or her crypt because he just can't not see her, um, which obviously makes his wife upset. You know, she's she she articulates to some of the uh, people, who, the servants who work for for him um, that like he's been she's been trying to get rid get get rid of this woman's memory like because she's constantly fighting the ghost of this you know his ex-wife uh and he meets this guy who may be the devil oh we don't we don't quite know meets him on a bridge um and you know he's a very cryptic guy and he sort of already knows you know about richard and he's like he knows that he's coming from seeing his wife and he's like everyone knows who you are you know um but he, he tells him he even he even gives him a warning um which is like let the dead rest like, you know, let, like, just listen to me, let the dead rest. But then, of course, Richard isn't trying to hear that shit. And he goes back to the crypt one night, and there he is again, right? <laughs> and and at that point, he, he gets that sort of Faustian bargain, right? Which he brings her back. It's unexplained how he does it. You know, they don't really, it just happens, right? And then when she comes back, you know, um, Richard goes back home, right, and kicks his wife out. Right. And says, yo, you got to leave. Get get out of here. Take my sons with you. And don't ever come back. You know, she's like, what are you talking about? Like, you know, and she's like trying to re- even even when he's being an absolute piece of shit and she should just walk away. She's still trying to comfort him. She's still like trying to appeal to him. And he stabs her and then throws her body down a well. So he, <laughs> sure, husband of the year this. category off rip, you know what I'm saying? And then doesn't tell the sons what happened at all. Like his sons are still there, but he doesn't tell them what happened. Um, and, and they had the sons have an, a teacher and a guy an instructor who inquires about, you know, the whereabouts of, of, of his wife. And he basically says, yo, don't ever ask me about her again. She left us. Um, and then the kids ask, ask the teacher and the teacher tells them, yo, your mom's not coming back. So the son runs to the father, like dad, dad, he said, mom's not coming back. And he walks over to him and basically, uh, says, yo, get your shit and leave. Don't come, don't come back. Um, and then he brings in. Lenora back and all of the people remember her from 10 years ago because it's most of the same people that you know were his servants and shit and they're like holy shit like what is this what is what's going on he tells everybody don't ask questions you know and his main right hand man um his main servant who we are introduced to in the beginning of the movie because he's the one like treating her as she's laying on her deathbed basically he's like trying to figure out like yo how did this happen you know and he tells him like I, I really can't explain it to you you know but you know, and he's not telling anybody that he killed the other chick at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, not, not whatsoever. And then we get to, then you, then it starts to cut. And then you start to see, oh, children are disappearing locally and people don't know what's happening. You know what I mean? Like what is happening to these kids? Um, but one of the first times that uh, Lenora uh, kills a kid, uh, at first we noticed that she's cold to Richard, right? that like she won't um, return his love. But the moment that she kills him, then it's like it, she's reinvigorated. Like she's the, now she's, they're, they're passionate again, right? So it's like you get the sense without, without them directly saying it that she needs to do this to, to, to sort of vitalize herself. 
and that sets the stage for everything that happens toward the end. I mean, I won't go into the complete, you know, end to end, but that should give you a sense of how this movie is in terms of a vampiric movie. Um, mm -hmm. And just like, it's not your typical, you know, typical vampire film. Um, and I like that. I like that aspect. I like. Sounds cool, actually. Yeah, it's I might pretty, check it's pretty, it out. It's pretty cool. Like it's it's a pretty cool little movie. Um, it has some of that surrealism that his father had a little bit um, in certain scenes and in certain sort of choices. But it's a kind of straightforward story, though, for the most part. You know. I wonder I mean, if the thing had to do with like maybe them trying to insert some Bathory stuff. Because mm -hmm. she had to kill younger women and like bathe in their blood or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I. I'm thinking it was something along those lines too. It does never explicitly show, you know, or yeah. get into sort of like what she does. Like you do see her, like the villagers catch on to who it is, who's doing it. Because one day, like one a villagers like walking around in like the woods and there's a, there's kids playing and one of them runs off. And like, I guess as they're running through the woods, uh, she like, we see that we see Lenora come up to the child and like wrap her cloak around the child. And then like the villager sees it. And then that kid disappears. So then the villagers like it's it's her, like it's her. So everybody gets gets the gets the like notion, and they get together like we got to kill this bitch, like you know, like <laughs> like she's killing all our kids. Fuck this, you know what I mean? So there is an attempt uh, that's thwarted uh, by Richard by the villagers to kill her to get her out of there because they realize oh she's killing the children. Um, nice. And the whole Black Death stuff, the way they have the, like the Black Deaths coming and and all that shit it's a really it's just yeah like i feel like it's an enjoyable film it's got good performances uh interesting actors uh yeah Sounds so def dope. Def and aren't we completely ready i mean that was from what 75 or some shit so even then mm. people were ready for a different kind of vampire movie yeah, yeah. i mean how many times you got to see some blood-sucking fiend you know mm -hmm. and then <laughs> i mean they've been revolutionized in like the twilight way as well and just defanged essentially like the beauty of vampirism in general to me was always like the sexual allegory, you yeah. know? Yeah. And Blade and shit like that is just so devoid of any of that. Like, what are we or, doing? Or we're leaving out, we're leaving out the most important vampire, not Nosferatu. There's one above him. There's one above, one vampire above. Blackula? <laughs> no. <laughs> Morbius. I disagree. <laughs> it's Morbin time. It's, it's Mormon, Mormon time. Ah, <laughs> uh, so let me just say something. I read the script for Morbius, but when it was like, and I, I, I've never watched it. I read the script, so um, and I will never watch Morbius. Probably, I might. No, let me let me say that back. I might, I might. Watch I think I'd rather watch it than read it. Uh, I, I had to read the script. Like I was, right. you know, I, I was, you know, I was I paid, it. I was paid to do it. Uh, so I read the script. Um, um, and I just sort of knew already. I was like, Jared Leto is Morbius. This script, it's very, it's very generic. It's like straightforward. You know what I mean? Like. So I knew, like, it's just funny how, like, when the movie came out and its reception, I was just like, I was already like, yeah, I was already on that wave before they were even shooting. I was like, yeah, Morbius is not a, <laughs> it's not a, it's going to be what it is. It's going to be, it's going to be what it is. <laughs> you know, uh, that train was already leaving the station, right? Like, there's really right. nothing you can do. <laughs> Michael Morbius, the living vampire, everybody, uh, it's Morbin time. Uh, I do, I do love the memes though. I do love the Morbius memes. They're they're my favorite uh, right now of of meme. Um, they're the best. Have you seen uh, <laughs> a ten minute standing ovation at Con for Morbius? <laughs> I saw that the uh, other day, laughing for an hour. And the funny thing is, like, uh, Morbius made money too. Like, you know what I'm saying? That's the crazy. You know, man, hey, hella bank. So, so Michael Morbius will be back. Uh, uh, he will, he will return in all his, you know, splendor. Uh, um, everybody watch out what's happening <laughs> michael morbius this is why you guys well you actually touched on this a little bit inadvertently earlier carl when you talked about coming home and making her watch ghostbusters and you were watching her watch it yeah that's Wait, the only way watch. i get through this stuff with my son and i can actually enjoy it like the spider-man movie i came out of it feeling good because i watched his face the whole time and oh, yeah, in that it's way so it's fucking fun. awesome but i even yeah. find myself watching people do movie reactions on YouTube sometimes to an old movie I love more than I watch some new shit. And it's something about just, you know, how it is when you proselytize a movie or you turn a buddy onto it and you watch their face and their reaction more than you. That's sometimes even better because it's an actual human connection instead of just you connecting with some art or something, you know? 
I got to be honest, when I was a kid, I would intentionally not share what I liked because I knew this is where we were heading. <laughs> like, I knew we were going to have a thousand Marvel movies in the theater if I told somebody, like, hey, you know what's really cool? Fucking X-Men. Now I've got 38 of them. None of them are good. None of them look like the comics. Yeah. It's funny because, like, I remember, like, you remember Wizard? I know Carl remembers Wizard. Like, yeah. like Wizard predicted all... Wizard magazine? Yeah, Wizard yeah. predicted... Yeah. All, like, it used to be a, a reoccurring thing in, at Wizard. Like, if they cast Iron Man, who would... And they would have fake, yeah. like, like, the fake cast with people in it. And, like, it would be every fucking... Like, anytime you picked up that magazine, one of the, it was devoted a whole segment to like cats, you know, fantasy casting these Marvel movies and these DC films, all these comic books. And now yeah. we live in the reality of that shit. And it's yeah. like, fuck you wizard for me. <laughs> for fucking unintentionally like summoning this in. Like you, it was almost like they did like a, a what is it? What they call it? A, a prayer circle. And they fucking yeah. like fucking manifested it. Cause it's like, be careful what you the wish pentagram for. Pentagram on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. Be careful what you wish for. Cause now we live in that shit and it's not, as awesome as we thought it would be you know what i mean um and i just really i remember like some things just don't need to happen <laughs> like you know what i mean like some things just don't my need whole thing is i'm not even mad at that shit existing like i'm not mad that theme parks exist even if going to them sucks or whatever <laughs> i just wish they would diversify it more and it's like hey you're marvel you have this sick ip why don't you give five interesting filmmakers a million bucks each to make some fucking super low budget shit based off some marvel stuff it'd be so much more them. interesting you know you can't control them and you can't control the ip well look at what happened when they tried to do dark universe and then they totally pivoted with the invisible man and it was like i have my own problems with the invisible man but <laughs> but carl pointed carl said the most important thing to me jason and this is why i don't like i see where you're coming from but this is why i never go down that route which is like give money is because you don't control the ip so it's like yeah. it's cool, all the cool shit that you do and all the cool iterations that you make with that shit. They own it now. So no, well, I'm saying if what if they had a mandate, we're going to do a little auteur shingle of Marvel shit and we're going to give you a million dollars and let you do. But they pretty would much what you want. with. But it, even if they know? do that, though, even if they give you what you want, the creative freedom at the end of the day, you walk away, you, you retain no ownership like and they can. No, no, I understand all that. I'm just yeah. talking about from the point of view of that company putting out their product. It's like those movies even made for a million bucks. Even if half the audience hates them because they're too arty or whatever, they would make a massive return on investment because the IP is so strong. I just don't understand why they don't do it business-wise and just to make a more they're, interesting they're, world and appeal to those of us who remember some of those comics from the 80s and 90s that went there and shit, you know? Because they want to make a billion dollars. You know yeah. Yeah, That's the <laughs> problem. That, yeah, that's all they want to do is make a billion every time. But they can slap shit like this up on their streaming service and they don't have to market it really you know True. what i'm saying i was just so. even with the mcu though i mean that kind of is their whole thing like find someone who came off of the indie circuit right that, like, we were talking about that before that that spider-man movie that john did do make cop car yeah. makes you know yeah. he's making these fucking 200 million dollar spider-man movies like, or mark what? webb mark webb yeah. with the other spider-man yeah 500 <laughs> days of summer ended up making captain marvel yeah that's like they get these people because you know they're still fresh out the gate yeah. And they can tell oh, them Nomad Land, what's her name, yeah. Chloe Zhao or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And like half Weird. of those movies are already previs before they even get a director. Exactly. Anyway. That's what I'm so saying. Like, it's, it's like a it's like a check. You know what I mean? Right. Too. It's not like you're gonna get any director's finesse on any of that. They well, and the stunt coordinator does the action choreography yeah. and everything, which is half of the whole fucking movie, which is that's my big issue too. I'm so over action, big tent pole action. <laughs> i sleep through that shit literally and i yeah. wake up feeling rested and they're still fighting and shit it's so boring <laughs> it's like john wick <laughs> never moves the story uh, forward you know the, the sequels movies had vision at all or was it still in the marvel mold? i was about to say that i was about to mention i was about to say okay well i will say that like there's a couple of directors yeah. who took an over that come to mind I, I thought the shane black iron man felt like shane black weirdly yeah. I felt yeah. I think I think the the Thor the Taika Waititi Thor movies yeah. feel like Taika for sure. Um, so every now and then there's some there's well, some directors who Guardians of the Galaxy feels right. like James Gunn. I'm I'm assuming I'm assuming which sucks. Um, I'm assuming. <laughs> uh, oh whatever. Uh, like, uh, I just watched it with my kid for the first time. He fucking loved listen, it. Listen, talk all the shit you want. They got Middle America wine ants to know what a talking tree and a fucking root. I am Groot, yes, right. uh, uh, forever. T-shirts for that shit. At <laughs> Come on. Uh, I, I kid James Gunn, not really. 
but yeah, like there are some direct, I don't, I'm pretty sure Raimi was able to make it feel raimi I haven't watched the Dr. Strange and nor will I, but I'm sure Raimi does his thing. Didn't he like half direct it though? Wasn't there some shit where someone started it? That Scott Derrickson dude or some shit. Yeah. Erickson, uh, well, fuck his name well Derrickson did the first one. I don't think he did this. I think he started the second one, and then they had creative differences, and he bounced, and then Ramey came on. I thought. Is that what happened? I don't yeah. know. Okay, that sounds about right. Yeah, because I saw Derrickson kind of kissing ass on Twitter trying to play politics. So yeah. So then you're even like, sure. how Sam Ramey is it? And how, I'm whatever. so glad, Sam. Like, yeah, you're you're not glad. Just be honest. <laughs> just don't fucking lie <laughs> you know what i mean you know he's butthurt and you know they're all mad so like that's the thing i hate about right. this business too like having are you just, shit like that. yeah are people just like willingly or just be like they'll get on twitter or they'll get on like you know fucking what name the social media platform and then they'll start they'll start with the sort of like let me say the nicest thing i can think of even though we all know like that's not what you really feel like we we know that like you can't even be honest about it like what you just can't because why you're gonna you're gonna shoot yourself in the foot that's how they feel like they feel like how bad was that netflix marvel shit which one all of them all of them i mean dude the iron fist i watched like 24 minutes of it i was like no (laughs) terrible i couldn't even turn on daredevil got worse and worse it started like kind of cool and you're like all right and then just like the same shit over i think i bailed i think i bailed when iron right when the iron fist came i was like i'm not watching any of these again the defenders i didn't even fuck with no i've never ever watched the defenders uh punisher Burnthal, great. Everything else, whatever. I like Burnthal. I do. I, I'm gonna be a hundred with you though. I'd never watched the episode of The Punisher. Uh, I did watch the two seasons of Daredevil. Did and I don't know if I watched the. There was there a third season too, right? Yeah, I think so. I don't remember? I, I think the last season. Just say Netflix sucks. Yeah, the last season I definitely didn't watch of Daredevil, but I did watch the first two, and I thought they were well, you know, well enough, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Like better than most of the movies, right? I did yeah, watch. I true. watched the first season that's of Luke true. Cage. I watched the first season of Luke Cage. Yeah, that uh, was mid. You know, um, like this is was just I, I. I don't know, man. Like it's just a lot of family. There ain't much story. Yeah, but then when you look the at the course of the at, whole season or whatever, and when you look at what Marvel's doing with these other shows, I feel like shit. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm not gonna. I'm never gonna watch Winter Soldier, Falcon, whatever the fuck never gonna watch that and i'm never gonna watch uh wandavision i'm not so i don't know like I, no we watched we watched wandavision we watched loki mm. and like i think we enjoyed them while they, we watched them and then we've never spoken about them right again. you know right. i think that's what it comes down to is like enjoyable and then it was over and then it was gone it's content exactly it's exactly. just it's the same thing as having a commercial like we know marvel's a brand it's empty it's calories. It's empty yeah, calories. It's Taco Bell. Right. Well, and the TV shows and the movies are really just ads for lunch boxes and cereals. Yeah. That's where the real money is. It's all the licensing and shit. Yep. Just sad. That's bleak. Which is why. <laughs> which is That's why. why we need like bliss cereal. <laughs> With Coke and DMT in it. Yeah. Um, right. DMT uh... marshmallows. <laughs> oh, that would be would be uh, culture shifting. I think that's that that would be culture shifting. Uh, No, but, you know, you guys sort of kind of, you know, deciding to sort of like go it, go it on by yourselves and do create your own shit and do campaigns on Kickstarter. And like, uh, like, I'm always like pointing to people who do that type of shit. Right. I'm like, look, 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 like you don't have to like you can just make the shit like and guess what? It's satisfying because you're you don't have to like answer to like all these fucking people. When you make it, you just make the thing and like mm-hmm. put it out there for people to find. Um, and I feel like Jason talks about this a lot all the time, like, you know, because people are so married to this idea of being able to sort of, I need to make a lot of money doing this. Like, I need to be able to physically support myself through this art. And I feel like that's just a wrong minded approach. I'm like, in a, in a, like, I feel like, yes, you should be able to try, if you can make money, do it for sure, but don't come in with the presumption that like automatically off rip uh you're just gonna make money and be able to sustain yourself forever you know what i mean and if and yeah and if you're if the prospect is i may never and you say i don't want to do it then you shouldn't do it right no don't do it you're doing it for your the motivation is from the wrong place to begin with like you know what i mean like if you're only doing it to someday sustain yourself doing it stop right that's not how that's not the reason to create anything you know what i'm saying you should be why i don't make shit anymore 
<laughs> no, you got to create from that's that place of like, I need to create regardless. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, you know, obviously if I'm going to be creating regardless, it's let me try and, you know, find a way to support myself, monetize it, you know, if possible. Uh, and I feel like if you just have that approach, then everything is a bonus. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like everything yeah. that you get is a bonus. Like if you do sustain yourself, great. You know, so if you are making well living, great, but that's a bonus. You know what I'm saying? It's not, it's not something that like, oh, the only reason I'm doing this is because they're giving me a big ass. <laughs>